Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. And you're listening to Box Number 512 Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. Changing your world one conversation at a time. The show begins now. If you would like to see this episode along with other exclusive content, make sure you become a patron by going to our Box Number 512 podcast Patreon page where you can become a patron for as little as $5 a month. The link to the page is in the show notes for the show. So make sure you go on over there if you would like to see the episode in addition to listening to it. All right, y'all. Back to the show. Hey y'all, welcome to another installment of Box Number 5. So my podcast, Grown Black Trans Women Talk. I am your co-host, Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. How y'all feeling? So let's get into these updates. I'll let Lioness go first. So sis, what have you been up to? Oh my gosh. So very, very busy. So my birthday celebrations were... Over the hiatus, um, I turned 38 years young. I'm very, very excited about that. Um, You know, another year of life, another year to build my legacy, another year to be a better wife, better sister, better daughter, and all that jazz. Go sit down, please. Um, um, Also, you know, um, this past week, it's been a lot going on in the media, uh, I've been really following the, the the Afghanistan story and just feeling really kind of like, I feel like it was the right decision to pull out, but at the same time, I really feel bad for the Afghan people. Um, so that's been on my mind. Um, it was also my wedding anniversary. So my wedding anniversary is also on my birthday. Um, and my husband got me three dozen roses and a few gifts and things. And we went and ate um, at Fogo de Chao here in the city. And that was nice. Um, as you guys can see, for those of you who have paid to be on Patreon, I have a new hairdo. I got my hair done for my week festivities or whatever. And I got my hair pressed. And I'm right now I have it in a cute little updo. Um, other than that, um, oh, and colored. I'm, I'm now a redhead, everyone. Don't panic. <laughs> it's just a press. It's a press and a color. Um, I wanted to try to, I've always wanted red hair. I always, if, if, if for those of you who know me, you know, if you've ever seen me in a unit, it probably has some red in it. So here I am. Um, finally went and pulled the trigger. I had this big head of healthy, according to my hairstylist, healthy hair, but she was like, we got to break that up. She was like, it's cute. The fro is cute. We don't have to mess with the fro, but I just want to see, I just can't wait to see you in a color. And I was like, okay. So she colored it and it was cute. Um, other than that, um, I got my nails done for my birthday. You know, I'm feeling extra high glam. There was a white party here in the city um, this past weekend at the West in, in a community that's called the West End. If you're familiar with Atlanta, y'all know what I'm talking about. The West End is gentrified boots now. So the party was very diverse. <laughs> um, ordinarily in years past, that would have been a black function, but you definitely can't call it that now. It was a, a very interracial function. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. There were um, 
you know, the gays have moved to the neighborhood as well. So there was a lot of queer folk in the building. Um, and I enjoyed myself at this party. It was a white party. The musical guest was Avery Sunshine. It was held in the backyard of Tier's um, childhood friend, John. They've known each other since middle school and his wife, Nakia. Shout out to the Mitchells. They hosted it in their backyard and they have a lovely backyard and they had, um, it was a blast. There was moonshine in the building. There was alcohol gummies in the building. And let's just say the next day, we were on ER standby. I was not feeling good. <laughs> I mean, I'm being exaggerating, exaggerating, of course. I wasn't that bad, bad, bad. But yeah, it took it took at least a day to recover. And it reminded me that I am in fact 38. So that was that was a journey. Um other than that, um, good news. Oh, so last night I have news. I was awarded um a lifetime a life two two lifetimes achievement awards not for me personally but they were given posthumously to my trans mothers minister alicia newson and cheryl courtney evans they both were honored um by by atlanta black pride and so they had an interfaith ceremony last night that had everybody from rabbis and imamas to all the way down to you know just little old me and i was the i was the big awardee for the um, they wanted to award that I was keeping up with the legacy, but also they wanted to acknowledge the legacy of the people that helped form the woman I am today. And that was very powerful. And I want to thank um, um, Bishop Sonia Williams. I want to thank Minister Raquel Henry. I want to thank each and every House of Representative person and everyone that was on that call. Um, Atlanta Black Pride always has this interfaith ceremony. I believe it was like the 27th um, one, but this is this is a Black Pride function. And so it was good to see all those folk come together to celebrate the achievements of Black queer people. Um, and so Labor Day is a coming. Unfortunately, though, this year I will not be in Atlanta for a Black Pride as I usually am because my good sister, Toya, she paid for me to go to Continental. So my ticket as a birthday gift from her, she's taking me to see Continental in Chicago for the first time. So of course, you know, I've already talked to Brianna, you know, I'm gonna, she's definitely gonna give me more information on spots to go and things of that nature, but she's giving me the scoop kinda, and I'm excited, this is amazing. Um, I've been to Chicago, I want to say maybe it was a conference, and, and I think I've done layovers there, but this will be the first time that I'm doing Chicago on a girl's trip. This will actually be my first girl's trip in like a decade, so this will be dope. I'm very excited. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I'm not really having to spend any money myself because my sister's looking out for me. So this is just a wonderful experience and I feel very loved on this last week of my life, my last couple weeks of my life. I felt very loved on. So shout out to everyone that um, is listening. That is a part of my personal support um, guide team. I appreciate and love you. And I enjoyed all of the birthday wishes and celebrations. Thank you. So what about you, Bree? What's going on? What's going on? 
<laughs> well, first, um, definitely want to say happy birthday to you. Um, so happy to for that you are seeing another year. And I'm looking forward to how you grow in the next year and how you expand. You've already um, evolved so much since last year. So um, happy birthday to you, sis. Also, before we get started, I'm sipping on barefoot bubbly wine. Um, this is, I guess, this is some less leftover stuff they had from their Pride edition. Um, they That's had like the bottle is beautiful. Yeah, they had like the rainbow color bottles. Of course, I got the trans flag color bottle. This I'm sipping on some sweet rose. Um, so yay for that. Um, nothing new is really going on with me. So right now we're recording. It's the first day of September. So summer, for all intents and purposes, is officially over. But I've just been re relaxing, been home, just trying to wind stuff down with work. Um, I Last weekend, I was able to go home for the weekend. Um, so I, I got to see my mom. And I went out again in Baltimore, and I just had a good time. I had to, um, got to have brunch with my cousin Teresa. Shout out to her. And then on Sunday, um, I went to go see one of my old high school friends, um, Lakendra, and she cooked for me. She cooked down, but she like cooked on the grill, and she made like macaroni and cheese, and barbecue chicken, and hot dogs, and hamburger. Like she threw the fuck down for me, and. It's just always good to um, go back to where the people know your name. And I got to see her and her mother. And it was so many, it was other people that I was supposed to see. I, I rented a car this time. When I went last month, I tried to be cute and save money and not rent a car. And Uber and Lyft does shows out there. Like the surge is real. But this time I rented a car for the weekend and I was able to go see, I didn't get to see everybody. Um, but I got to see, it was just good to see people, um, and as sad as I get about Baltimore, because a lot of the places I used to go are closed, a lot of the people are still there, and I'm trying to just make sure I keep those relationships open and keep those lines of communication open, so it was just really go, good to um, go back to where people know me, to where I feel comfortable, and just um, be around, just be around love. Um, yeah, I just, I just been uh, chill the last couple of weeks. I got to see the Candyman movie. Y'all know how long I was waiting for that. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of underwhelmed. I am going to see it again this weekend just to watch it again to, you know, just, you, you know, the academic in me to see if I could pull things out. But I, I thought it was going to be more scary than what it was. Like to me. It wasn't scary because all of like the scary shit that happened in the movie, we saw it, they put it in the trailer. And it just wasn't, um, it was definitely hyped up. I'm not gonna say it was a bad movie. I am gonna say that I feel like it was mismarketed. I it it, it gave me very like psychological thriller, um, social commentary tease though. Like I didn't scream one time. Like I was suspecting to scream. I went with my uh, mom's friend. I was expecting to hold on to her and scream and I ain't do none of that. But it like it was still a good movie. I like the message. I'm not gonna spoil it. I think everybody should go see it. Um, it's a black movie directed by a black woman. And it was the first 
movie by a black woman to debut at number one at the box office. So shout out to Nia DaCosta. But I was I was just expecting more. And I don't want a sequel because I don't think this was a sequel type of movie. Um, but I did enjoy how they expanded the the world from the uh, first movie. But um yeah, go go watch Candyman and have your own have your own opinions of it. But in my opinion, it was not that scary to me. Um yeah, I just yeah, I just been chilling. I haven't really been dating, but I have been getting those feels where um, I'm ready to be like, I'm ready to find somebody to kiss. I, you know, sometimes I wake up in the morning and I just want to cuddle and spoon. So I am getting those feels. I don't know if it's because fall is around the corner, but I am softening in that way. A bitch has been having great sex. Shout out to my little pieces that have been coming through and um, giving me experiences and giving me moments, especially the little older piece that I messed with that reminds me of Delroy Lindo. He is everything to me. But um, yeah, I'm I'm ready today. I'm I actually have a this one person I'm talking to now, but I guess one of my deal breakers or one of my things that I can't tolerate, and one of the things that is so serious to me moving forward with dating and then all of that. Um, and this goes back to the Revelations book that we did. Be impeccable with your word. And I'm just looking for somebody that says what they mean and mean what they say. And um, takes initiative, shows initiative and wanted to spend time and wanted to do stuff. And just like a lot of the guys that I've been coming across, they just are not, it's like, we'll connect. I feel comfortable to give them my number. And then we'll text. And it's just like they fall off the face of the earth. And then they try to pop up like weeks or months later, like, oh, you remember me? And it's just like, for all intents and purposes, no, I don't remember you. So I'm, I'm just looking for... Um, somebody that's showing like more than just the spark of us meeting in the initial conversation like not only can you keep it going are you going to take the initiative um, to pursue me going forward because when I say I'm falling back with these men like I'm falling back and I'm and I'm falling back to see who's going to show up and see who's going to rise to the occasion and so far not a lot of them is rising to the occasion which is fine because I still have a lot going on with me, both professional and personal interests that I'm pursuing. But I'm just, I'm somebody that's really going to um, ride the wave and ride the moment and just not, um, you know, fade or burn into the background. But, you know, I'm open to dating. You know, love is still in the air. I'm still open. I'm, you know, I'm still hopeful and I'm still having my fun in the meantime. Um, This weekend, I will be in Dallas for Labor Day. Not going there for any particular reason, just wanted a city to just um, get away to and just experience the vibe. Um, I, I am planning on going out on Sunday. They're having like a little drag show and just feeling the vibe and uh, feeling the people. But I, you know, I just want to get away and just be somewhere different. I didn't want to go to Atlanta because all of the, I'm pretty sure all of the girls are in Atlanta right now and they're going to turn it out this weekend. But, you know, as I get older, I'm just trying to go against the grain. I want to go where everybody's not going to be at and still um, have a good time. Um, I have reached out to some people to let them know that I'm coming to Dallas hopefully we can do lunch or dinner um yeah but life is good life is great I'm great and our little break was needed we took like about a two to three week um break end of the summer break just so we could um just take just take some time away 
Um, we really hope that you enjoyed the content that we had over the break. And um, it feels um, good to be back. Uh, before we get into the main part of the show, definitely want to do some housekeeping. Make sure that if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, that you are reviewing and rating our podcast on Apple Podcasts. That helps folks to find our podcast if they're looking for content created by Black trans women and femmes. Also, major shout out to our Patreons. Thank you for your continued uh, financial support of us. We are definitely um, working on new things to revamp the Patreon and to bring you new content for the fall season. So um, just thank you all who have been um, supporting us financially and um, helping us to grow and expand our brand. Make sure that you are telling a friend about our show. Make sure you're telling a girlfriend about our show. Make sure you're telling a boyfriend, uh, whoever you're dating about our show. Um, to just to just get the word out, we we're growing, but word of we never discount word of mouth. Uh, I don't have any housekeeping notes. Um, sis, did you have any housekeeping things that you wanted to add? You're muted. No, I think you said it all. But I do want to say shout out to our YouTube subscribers. I also want to say. For those of you who are on YouTube, our women on, um, what was it? No, what was it called? Thriving. <laughs> what was the oh, girl? the dolls are thriving. The dolls are thriving. The conference footage is up on YouTube. And um, yes, y'all, y'all check that out. That was an amazing event. I think the dolls are thriving has it up on their YouTube page as well. So you guys should check that information out. It's just really, really cool. Um, but other than that, you know, let's get into this show, girl. And also, before we get started, um, prayers up for New Orleans and the whole yes. Gulf Coast region um, that are going, currently going through Hurricane Ida. I've reached out to a lot of um, people in community that are based in New Orleans to just make sure that they're safe, to make sure that they um, were able to evacuate. Um, y'all are definitely in our prayers. We're praying. Uh, for your safety. We're praying for your uh, prosperity, and we hope that um, y'all can return home soon. I think, from what I still understand, they're still without power. Um, and, you know, that that's really, um, it's a lot of people on top of having to go through a pandemic that are being impacted by this. And um, our hearts are really with um, our, fa- our um, loved ones and our family um, in New Orleans, because it's hard. It's hard right now. It's um, really hard. Um, yeah, yeah, I just um yeah, I just wanted to uh, make sure I highlighted that. Um so but so we don't so this is just a shoot the shit episode. We just we took a break off. We we gotta we gotta warm up to each other again. We gotta get the juices flowing. But before before we get into the the shoot the shit portion of the show, um sis, what do you think about Trick Daddy's statement that he likes to get his tank saved? hope that that's a movement that more black men embrace um i'd rather he never i'd rather he was not the face of the movement well no um or the ass of the movement um i i saw a meme that was very funny today y'all scared to get y'all y'all scared to get a vaccine but y'all like her eating trick daddy ass right and i think you must have might have posted it brianna yeah that was me that was you, yes. And I, it's just, that is the sentiment that I kind of have in that, like, 
We nothing about Trick Daddy gives that is the best hygiene in the world. You know, he doesn't come off like he looked like his breath stank. So I don't even know. I can't imagine what the cheeks did. <laughs> if I'm being honest. So, you know, I but the reason why I say I do think that, that we need to destigmatize black men enjoying pleasure, particularly for you black men that are engaging with trans community or 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 in engaging with folk that are outside of this heteronormative paradigm. It, I think we should normalize people getting pleasure and nor and not judge what people choose to do in the bedroom. So because y'all doing it anyway. You're just, you're just, you're just, you're just judging people. And it's, and it usually the conversation around men getting that type of pleasure goes in this really toxic homophobic way. Right. And, yeah. And so I just, I am, I am excited that this is a, a, a heterosexual appearing man that is, um, telling his truth and being honest that he liked them cakes. And is happy about it. And is happy and, and, and said in the interview, I think he did it on Drink Champs, and said on the interview that, and they asked him, well, what you be putting your feet up? He said, he said, sometimes it depends. And I lived, I just lived for the fact that he could just be himself. I mean, now, Trick Daddy's ass is nothing I ever want to think about. And the idea that girl, he- girl, I was looking when I saw this, they had put some old pictures of a trick daddy before whatever happened to his face because I don't even think it was because of the lupus. I be, I think it's because his ass refuses to take the medications that he needs to take for the lupus. Trick trick daddy's a little rough around the edges, but he could like I, bitch. I would have ate his cakes, but like back in the the days, what I play in the waters now, no man. <laughs> <laughs> I would see he gives me he gave me all day in the trap hot sun trade you got a bay tea so I, I, those cakes are always going to be lightly questionable to me. he gives me because you know that he's not grooming them so you know that it's hair in there mm -hmm. and, you know it gives me he'll wipe a tissue he trade that wipe their ass one time and toss it and just pull up their pants you know, <laughs> no, I I appreciate I just and matter of fact during our break I had a session with a piece that was um versatile but bitch I played in his cakes and I was very impressed girl it was like a a fragrance scent back there it was clean like you know I appreciate <laughs> a straight man that you know really takes pride and takes care especially if they want to play that game with the girls where they want you to you know. If not, and this is not even tapping them, but you know, you just want to give a, a light lip, you know, just to start the session off. Like, I appreciate that this is um, a thing for cis hat men that they're starting to um, feel comfortable about having these conversations because, tra like, trans women are eating their asses, cis women have been eating their asses, and it's a thing, or it feels good. Like, not, and this is not even the tongue penetrating the asses, like, the sensation of having a time moving around like between your cracks because there are a lot of nerve and it's back there and no shade if it was good if it was good it's like a lot of niggas will, will try to act like they didn't never got their ass ate but you you'll let a nigga you'll let a you'll let a anybody look under your balls and right and hey, girl it's, and it's, it's just nothing if you land on the bed or you're edgy your couch and you munch on the bird and you be like look your Lift your um, lift your legs up. Like, what's especially if it's clean and it's, if it's like I prefer a hairless 
cheeks. You know, I don't, if, if there's light hair back there, I might play, but I don't want no hair getting caught between my teeth. And like, no, like I, I, I appreciate, I appreciate that this movement is happening. Um, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just happy. I'm just happy that we're, we're moving to this day of, sexual liberation for all people because no shade life is too short everybody should be having great sex everybody should be doing the things that um bring them pleasure and fulfill the, their fantasy and no shade the more that black cis men are free the better it will be for all of us the safer it will be for all of us because not only that can they do these things when they get in public that you know the it, it has been modeled which the fact that trick daddy as problematic as he is is the one to be the, the one out here modeling like it's a key like it's it's funny because he's like the last person because he's so problematic and he's so anti-black and he's he just uh very misogynistic you know in his ways but um to see him in this light um just you know just the freeness um when i saw the clip of him having a conversation i kind of live for it i like i live for it and i wish that for more because there's nothing worse than having a sex sex with a man and you can just feel it on their body that they just have shame about certain sexual acts or just having sex with you in general and we just we have to get to the place where um sexual acts are just sexual acts for pleasure and it's not this indictment one where you're gay or you're homosexual or you like like if something feels good bitch it feels good no matter who's doing it so shout out to the, the shout out to the the tray being more comfortable talking about getting their cakes ate and you know some of y'all like tagging it's a thing you know, and some and, of you are like getting fucked, and that's the thing, right? And it's <laughs> and it's all right. It's all right. And um, even though people were talking about it, and people were making jokes, I don't feel like I heard anybody call him gay, at least from the profiles. That yeah, and I'm not saying that it like your gay kind of language that usually comes around it. That's why I actually think it's dope. Like right, which lets which lets me know that more people than not are doing this oh. um, behind closed doors. So I I look I found look the girls on Twitter. I see you. I know that this is something that. But the, sh- but the shade is even in the straight porn I watch, and y'all know I like the straight porn that's kind of like homo around, like the black where the Brian Pumper the, getting his ass. Yeah, with the black tray is wearing off the white girls, and it, it's it's given very much homo erotic tease. The white girls be wearing them black niggas cakes out, bitch. Like be wearing full like, tasted. Right. <laughs> so like it like it's a thing. It's a thing. It's queer, but it's a thing. And um, you know, it is what it is. So here's some more black folks having um the best sex of their lives. Yeah. I always say if I wasn't a lawyer, I think I would go into like sex therapy. I would be a sex therapist because like we need to be having like bomb sex and bust like busting nuts that you feel in the, the nerves in your teeth, bitch. Cause I've been having those type of orgasms all summer, girl. And I want that for all the I want that for all black people, no shade. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I just shout I out just to had, my shout out to my ass eaters and my men that like to get their ass. Right. Ass. Right. <laughs> 
and make sure and invest them baby wipes a bidet make sure you clean like we need to be encouraging niggas to clean they eh, eh, to douche bitch like they their douches just aren't for them folks girl it's for y'all too bitch. and i want to while we're normalizing ass eating i want to give the surgeon general's warning that asses should be washed before eating um E. coli and light and lightly douche to be spread <laughs> and lightly douche girl because why i'm you know carrying back that i might slip a finger not all the way bitch but you know, but just, simple. You know i don't want to pull back doo-doo i get right but <laughs> you know i had a situation girl in chicago it was this fine ass boy that I was, and he was. I just love it when they be fine and they be, but he was cut up and he was just a freak, girl. And I was playing with him, and you know I ate the cakes and slipped the finger up there. Bitch, tell me why I didn't realize till I got home that he painted my finger, and I'm just like, <laughs> not till you got home, sis. Yeah, girl. I got. You had to smell my finger. <laughs> it wasn't even the, the smell. I'm like, girl, the texture of my like index finger, girl. This stuff, like this feel out, girl. So yeah, you gotta be careful when you playing back there. You know, you just gotta. You have to take precautions, girl. Right. Thank you. You are very vulnerable with that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You gotta. You gotta be careful, girl. And it, sometimes you be thinking they clean, girl, and they gag you. But you know, it's it's all love. Um. Here, here's to black cis het men feeling more comfortable to talk about their sexuality because when they get free in that way, bitch, it becomes better for all of us. So, shout out to them. Today, uh, I just wanted to do an icebreaker conversation where we just go through a couple of different icebreaker questions and we just answer it. I figure it'll give the people an opportunity for us to, for them to know about us, us to learn more about each other, and just a way to ease us back into the recording process and just, uh, just kind of mellow, mellow in a mellow way, just come back into the fold. So. Oh, what question do I want to ask first? Uh, of course, I'm gonna answer these questions too. But um, Lioness doesn't know about these um, these questions, so so you're gonna get my honest reaction. To yes. Um. Oh, this should be cute. What was in your locker at high school? Other people's books. Um. So, like, I was the friend that I remember. I think, it, I think it was my junior year. Um, I had I, I had a lockers in a building that a, some of the other kids didn't have theirs in because I was taking AP classes. So the lockers that I had were more convenient to the gym. And so my friends and like the gym kind of was like the, the area where people congregated in the mornings. And then it also our school did the A day, B day thing. And um, so it was just easier for people to get their books from this particular building. But the um, this building was the book building that a lot of seniors had their lockers in. So I was allowed to get a, a, a locker in a different building. And so I remember there being books in a locker, but like for me, I was really into, I forget the name of the company, but they did these neon colored trapper keepers. Um, 
and um, I, they and they were like in unicorns and different like playful animals. And I had, what you talking about, Lisa Frank? Lisa Frank, girl, yes. So Lisa Frank, everything. I was that was me. Um, I had my mechanical pencil that I used to skeet the lead out and play with. I had I'm a, I'm, I'm a child of the nineties. Um, um, I had a spare change of clothes because you know I'm a young trans girl, but you know I would leave the house a little more butch than I would be at school. So I always had me like a little, you know, something to kind of make my look a little more sensitive. Um, what else did I have? Um, I had I always had a lot of air, so there was a that proper afro pick in there. Um, gym clothes, my trap uniform was always in my locker because I was always doing something after school because I was an athlete. And so we would travel also to events and stuff on different school nights. So I was always, you know, out and about in these streets. So my track cleats would have been in there. Um, what else? I think that's it. I think that's it. What about you, sis? Um, the only thing I really remember having in my lockers was food. Like I would, I would always have, I was always the girl, I would have snacks in my locker, but then I was always the girl, I would bring food from home, but sometimes I would leave like in the Tupperware container, but sometimes I would like forget about the food in there. And then I went through a period where I had a locker, but I really didn't use it. And I don't, it could have been cause it wasn't like conveniently located for me or, um, I, maybe I had a semester where I didn't have to bring textbooks or whatever. So I do remember long periods of time where I would pay going to my locker. And I was the girl that I, I would forget I had like, not like dry goods food, but like something, my, some leftovers my mama left from home. And like, it will be two months later and there's some bacteria growing on the pizza slice. or the. So I was always that girl that had to come back to my locker. And it was just like, Oh, I did bring this to school. But, um, yeah. I want to say there was also a fruitopia. I I always, so in the morning at my school, they would wipe the machine out every day. All the fruitopia machines will always be gone. So I would get my fruitopia in the morning. If I could get, if I had enough money to get to, I would get to, and I would go back to my locker periodically to sip on my fruitopia and put it away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was one of my, and purple skills. I really love purple skills in high school. Um, what are your top three favorite movies? Oh, God. That seems like it would be easy. But, okay. Um, I will say one of my favorite movies, and favorite is relative, right? So I have movies that I like for the aesthetic value or for the writing. I have movies that I like for the the visuals or the the actors that are in it. And then I have movies that I like because it's just really cute and it's just kind of like a vibe. So for the the last one, I like Mean Girls. Um, I can quote that movie. Um, Regina George is just infinitely humorous to me. That girl never gets old with her shade. Um, And um, I could, I, I appreciate also the queer characters in that movie and it just was like as somebody that remembers high school as a very contentious place um 
and a girl that felt like she never was at the cool kids table. It's just, it was just, it was interesting. So I like that movie. Um, um, I'm now going to pick a cinema, 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 graphically beautiful movie, I should say. Um, well, a movie that really touched me was um, as a child and I still get emotional, you know, sometimes glory. That movie, Glory, Denzel Washington and how they died and how they fought and how they sang and how they communed. And it just, that movie was just, I really fell in love with Black men when that movie came out. So it's still to this day, it just gives me a little heart palpitation when I see it, which is rare. It used to come off as a child. I feel like HBO played this shit all the time or Cinemax, one of them. Mm-hmm. They, they played it all the time. Now as an adult, I don't see it as much. Um, I'm a star as well, but I was just in that for the body. I'm a star. No, 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 no. I was just there for the body. That's when I fell in love with... Um, <laughs> girl, I was able to see beyond all of the oppression. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that body, <laughs> they did that scene where he was kind of naked, and I just like so. Girl, was, <laughs> was he getting whipped? Probably, Probably. No, no, on the ship, like maybe tied up. But I, either way, girl, it was oh, it had a little bit of eroticism in that scene. But no, I, that that goes. I was just that's not one of my favorite movies. Oh, I was about to say no, no, no. That's not what I was just saying. That those movies around the same time in my childhood made me appreciate black men. And there was, it wasn't. Okay. No, no. I was linking those as like, uh, just made me appreciate black men. I don't. Okay. Okay. Y'all don't don't watch it just for the body. Know that you're going to watch a historically um, sensitive movie that's going to really, really touch on some things that are going to trigger you. I don't want y'all to think that's cute at all. It's not. I was a child. I had to get the images where I could. This was pre me having internet at the home. So, you know, it was just wherever you see a body and you, you kind of remember. Um, what else is one of my favorite movies as an adult? Oh, um, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank. Oh, I like, I really like, and I always, this is on my favorite movie of all time list, Shawshank Redemption. I think that movie, Andy Dufresne and his, and, 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 um, um, Morgan Freeman, how Andy Dufresne escaped, and the things that he went through in jail. It was just really, really rough for me as a child. But my daddy and I, so the best just linked to a memory, because that's my daddy's favorite movie. And so when it came on, we had to have a family moment with the movie. So that's kind of okay. Funny. Yeah. What about you, sis? I don't think I've seen any of those movies. Really? Mm-mm. I don't think I've seen. Like I know of them, but I just haven't sat down to watch them. Um, but I had them meaning to watch Mean Girls for the longest. I have to see it. it ha- mean Girls has to be on one of these streaming services. It has to be. It has um, to be. I, I want to say it was, you know, Netflix constantly dropped movies off. But I know relatively recently it was on Netflix. It might be on Paramount Plus since that was a Paramount. I, oh, I it, it might, or no, Disney. It might be on, it might be on, uh, was that a Disney movie or was it Paramount? No, it's a Paramount movie. Oh. Well, I have yeah, Paramount Plus for shit happen. Yeah, I might. Yeah, I've been. You gonna? Lie. I've been. I've been meaning to watch that movie, but um, 
My favorite movies, I would have to say my first one that I could quote line from line, like from beginning of film to end, is The Players Club. Um, I I like, even though it was like a hood movie, I like the movie, it was attached to the, a memory. Like I remember my mom, us on Good Friday, 1998, going to the movie theaters to see this movie. And I remember her covering my eyes during like the um, the news scenes where they were topless. But um, something about that movie, it was just so campy to me. And that was the movie where I knew, bitch, I was going to be a girl. Cause I just like, I felt like, I, I, I don't know. I identify so much with Diamond and Ronnie um, like Ronnie was just she was just the, the ultimate villain but Diamond was the ultimate like girl you wanted to root for and I, I also thought it was ironic that they made like the, the light skin girl the villain and the light skin girl was because usually in them type of films like the dark skin girl would have been the villain um, but it, it's just one of those movies like okay girl like if I'm going to be a girl I'm going to be this type of girl because like Diamond would she like she, like she was just effortless in her finish like it, even it, it to me it speaks to like women of the 90s like literally all it took was like a lip like some lipstick some like um mascara like a bear like a barrel curl or some freeze curl and some hoop earrings girl it, it was like you was pussy girl you on mute you on mute like you, like I was like it, a French manicure, some hoop earring, right? Uh, like, yeah, they kept like, it. You, like you said, and like I just think it's a testament to how like I think girls were even more beautiful back then because you could you you either just had to have it or you didn't. Like it, it wasn't like extras that you could put on, and I just feel like all of the girls from the Ebony's are like they were just sitting to me and like. The, like those was the ideas like cool bitch. Everybody like, wore Mac Studio Fix powder. If you wore powder at all, it was just the powder. Like right. it wasn't like you we were doing like you know how now the girl the high school students are contouring. Like, <laughs> right. Like, Even like the banji cut hairstyles like what um Ronnie had with like the 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 with the hard um freeze curls or like the stack like the stack banji cut hair with the swoop like girl that was like that like that was like nineties fish and I just I live for it. I live for the movie. Um I would say my next favorite film is Crooklyn. Um I love that movie so much. I named my cat after the girl in the movie. Um Rest in Peace Troy. Um I just like that movie because it like it was one of those movies that like it made me feel like I need to be in the 70s to just feel this vibe and just um, feel this energy. And I just like that. I like that the little girl's name was Troy. And I kind of like that, like, she was the only girl of the family and she was like the puss of that family. Like, she didn't, like, she was a girl, but she didn't take no shit off of them. I like the, um, it, it gives me that sense of, like, kids in the neighborhood growing up. Like, I was very much the, like, you know, I was the one, the boy that hung around all the girls. Like, I was very, like, um, 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 jig, hello, jig. Like, just, like, being outside, playing games with the kids, like, getting into, into trouble. And I like how the movie, you know, in addition to telling the story of this little girl losing her mother, like, suddenly, 
Um, I like I like how it captured like that innocence, like summer youth, what it was like to be around all the kids and also how she got sent to Maryland, which New Yorkers think Maryland is like the deep south. But I, you know, me identifying with the experience of your parents sending you to your relatives down south and you connecting with your family down south. And I just I just think it's a movie that doesn't get enough credit. Um, of course, my baby daddy, Del Roy Lindo, is in the movie. Is the father? He looks fine as fuck in the movie. Um, it it, it was just, who the guy looks like. The, you said you had a, a piece that you lived. Yeah, with. one of my one of my little dick appointments um, is an older man, and he favors him a lot, down to the bald head and in the voice. So every time I, you know, I carry with him, I close my eyes for a little bit and I, you know, I'd be like, Del Roy, honey, Del Roy, bitch. I was like, Del, I, I, I have an affinity for older men, not older men that look young, but older men that carry their age well and, you know, the skin is smooth and the dick still get hard. Like I, and they put it down. Like I, I live for older men that like, you know, or on their shit, and Delroy, he get, bitch, I fuck the shit out of Delroy, no shade, like, I, bitch, I would let him get crazy with me, bitch, he, he was fine then, and that nigga is what fine now. What if get crazy with him, bitch? With huh? Him? Well, I said, what if he wanted, you said you would let him get crazy with you, I said, but what if you would let, what if he wanted to get, what if it was the reverse, what if he wanted you to get crazy with him? Um, I would like, girl. I'm a girl. I leave, I leave no stone unturned, bitch. And if you know, and if that if that's the fantasy, like I can give it. But um, he he was fine to me even then. But um, do you have that distinction between trade, like trade that you cut up with a certain way? It's like I don't see him as somebody that I would want to cut up with another way. Or is are you always equal? Not not as much now. I do category categorize men some men are just good at certain th things that other men or some men just gravitate to doing certain things that other men but um I, I don't like I'm open to shit changing I'm open to shit um evolving like because um, ultimately I do want to be in a monogamous relationship where like one nigga can like and that's something that I worry about like looking for a relationship because like and you know they say sex is not everything but sexual compatibility is very important at least for me and I know I'm a bitch into a lot of shit like I have because I have so much experience I have a very um wide sexual like voc um, vocabulary or spectrum and I have yet to find a man that could like give me all of the things that I'm looking for in the bedroom and that and that and you know that you know that's something that I think about appro approaching relationships especially as we navigate like what is sex going to look like and that's one thing I you know a concern of mine I'm like what if I find somebody that can't keep up with me sexually or that they don't have the expansive you know so you know it, it's still a journey but um you know I'm, I'm open to um men as they come honey but if he if he wanted to get crazy with me or I wanted to get crazy to him, girl, I'm here for the shits. Um, but yeah, Crooklyn is definitely a number two. And then I would say for a number three, it would have to be a tie between um, Sister X who back in the habit and um, waiting to excel. Um, just for obvious reasons. Um, again, movies that I know from the front, the front to the back, and just movies that just make you feel good. Wait until Excel. Um, 
it's just a movie about sisters and about womanhood and about blacks you know women's strength and femininity and I don't know I feel like it's something that I have in my own life um I think you know, I mirror somebody in Waiting to Excel. My girlfriends mirror somebody in Waiting to Excel. Um, another, also another movie where I realized that I live for men um, because that scene with um, Leon and um, um, Leela Roshan when they was having, and I, I just remember looking at Leon's body like, wow, bitch. Like, he is, like, as a child, I could have been like six or something. I'm like, damn, this nigga is fine, bitch. Like, he's fine, and I want to have him. Um, but, yeah, Waiting to Excel is just, I just like I just like the the dramatics of it, and I like how it takes you on an arc, how everybody goes through their journeys, and then by the time they get to the end, they are both, you know, they're stronger individually, and they're stronger collectively as sisters. And I just, like, that's a movie, like, anytime it come, I see it on VH1, it's like, bitch, I got to watch it. Um, bitch, I could be working. I could be up. Let, we letting it play in the background, and it, it's just so many quotables. And Sister Act Two, like it's just one of them like feel good, like classic movie. Like it's about the choir, which which was something when I was in high school that was a very big part of my identity and my life. It's about the music is just really good, um, and it was just so many fab girls that got their start their start in that movie, and that one wants to do um, great things. And it's just, it's just like, it's just like a black, like when somebody black has told me that they don't, they have never watched that movie or they watched the first Sister Act, but they never got into the second one. It's just like, well, no, like, girl, you need to watch this movie. So the, yeah, those, those would have to be my, um, some of my favorite, um, movie. like anytime I put any of the movies on girl, like they just make, they make me feel black and they make me feel good. So shout okay. out to those movies. When you finish your question, I want to. Can we do a follow up question really fast? Who are you in the Waiting to Excel cast? Really fast. Well, my sister Paige always tells me that I'm um, Savannah. <laughs> she tells me that I'm Savannah, but I see myself as a like a mixture of Savannah and Robin. Okay. 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 I am. Robin was career oriented too. Like she was a she was a career woman, but Robin also had her pieces. Yeah, um, like Savannah was just stuck on that one Mary piece, and like I get that I'm career driven on all of that, but I'm a girl that likes to play around, bitch. And Robin, you know, Robin, she wasn't having bomb sex, girl, but she had she had her rotation of niggas, girl, and that's very much me. I am a cross between. Bernadine, because <laughs> Bernadine's personality, girl, like that whole, like, like she was, she's somebody that could be a pushover because I, I am somebody that can be taken for, taken, be misunderstood, like, because people take my kindness for a weakness. But if you turn me up, I will burn your shit down. <laughs> so <laughs> I burn, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little bit, I'm a, I'm, Across between Bernadine and Robin, um, Robin kind of had. I, I've been a Robin. I'll just say that I've been the kind of girl that kind of because was she the one that was like invested in the nothing nigga? Um, she was invested in the married man waiting for him to leave his um wife. Well, her and Savannah were, but she ended up getting pregnant at the end. I could be a Robin sometimes, and, <laughs> and I'm glad 
that um and she also dated the crackhead i can be a robin so i am a girl that can that when i was when i was younger it, it applied because i'm married now so it didn't apply but when i was younger i was the girl that would give a heart like could see a nigga beyond where he even saw himself and be wanting and expecting them to like snap into it and like fall into whatever my plan was for their life as opposed to what the reality of their life was so i i can relate to that and then like in the girlfriend dynamic i can kind of relate to you know just kind of like I don't know, being that pretty, pretty girlfriend that you can kind of, you expect more out of her, but she can make some dumb decisions sometimes. I was that girl when I was younger. I could relate to that. Um, what's the guy's name? He's the, his name is, he played Kenneth in the movie. Um, oh, um, Savannah's um, piece. Yes, yes, yes. That's the, the, the all-state guy. Yeah. He still does it for me to this day. And like you, that movie was also a was a confirmation for me. Mm-hmm. Because it was so many fine men in that movie. And bitch, Michael Beach, who played Bernadette's husband, he looked late in the nineties, but he looks fine as fuck now, bitch. Mm-hmm. Also, another older man that I would bitch take me now, bitch take me and just do like also- he. He has gotten like as he ages, he just looks better and better. Also, it's like that for me, like just some and then. Even that movie, I just knew. I was like, damn, I want a good, strong husband. Even though he was kind of an asshole. But I just, he was so fine. No shade. That movie made even Gregory Hines look fine. And and, 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 and he not. No, you can look at Gregory Hines and be like, I can see the the white Jewish man all in you, bitch. I see it all. I just see it all in your face. But that movie made him look fine too. And my best friend, she always says that she would be Gloria. She gives she gives more. But no, Gloria looked good and like Gloria's whole aesthetic with the short haircut and the earrings. Like Loretta Devine, bitch, she killed that role, bitch. I I live for her in that role. She kills um, she's in, and I just love her voice and the way she kind of has this way of kind of <laughs> it's kind of like titter titter to her personality that I live for. Um, next icebreaker question: What are your favorite pizza toppings? Oh, bitch! I love the meats. Um, <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> Okay, so, girl, what type of meats do you love, bitch? Let's 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 go there. Um, I like pepperoni is mandatory. Um, and then for pepperoni, we will build on. I may I may get a sausage, but then you know there's the kind of ta- there's the sausage that's like the meatballs, and then there's the Italian sausage that's like the slices. Mm-hmm. The sliced Italian. I like that. I like the meatballs too. But I like meat lovers. Um, a, a, a little bacon, a little bacon will turn me. Um, I like chicken on pizza. Um, I know that might be controversial for some people, but I like chicken on pizza. I think it's dope. Mm, I'm getting, I'm getting hungry. Um, I'm doing that Wendy Williams mouth water. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, what else do I like? You, how many how many toppings usually come on a, a meat lovers? 
Just three, like pepperoni, sausage, and bacon. Pepperoni, sausage, and bacon. Well, yeah, and but I'm used to kind of like the, I guess the ultimate meat lovers because I used to get the four and add or I or I will sub if I have to. I will sub bacon for chicken because bacon is fine, but it's such a minute. Like the way they crumble it, it's just it's, it's like it's an imaginary meat. Like it's not right. the substance. So I'll add the chicken give it a little weight to it. I like Canadian bacon as well. I like all meat on pizza. Um, I do like, um, you know, I can do it. I, I eat veggie. I like pizza, period. Um, I can do a veggie a veggie pizza as long as it has some meat on it. Like I could do Supreme my, um, because I do like onion and bell pepper and jalapeno and stuff like that on my pizza as well. But if I'm just going for the same bet, no matter what city I'm in, I'm definitely going to try to meet. Yeah, we yeah, I guess we're similar in that way. I'm very I'm very much a meat lovers girl. Um sausage, pepperoni, bacon. Um as I do get older, I do like more vegetables on my pizza. So um I love uh um a mushroom, black olive, um, green pepper, um onion sometimes. Um um what's the what's the is it spinach? No, our, um, arter, I like artichoke on my pizza sometimes, um, spinach maybe, um, but yeah, the, the, very much, I like, I'm a meat girl, and I like extra sauce on my pizza. Me too, I can't stand a dry pizza. Yeah, I like extra sauce on my pizza. Okay, so sis, next time, next time we, we order a pizza, girl, I know what your order is, because I got yeah. the same order. Yes. Yeah. Um, if you were on, if you were a next, if you were a show on Netflix, what show would you be? I don't like this question. So let's change it to this. If you were to be on a Netflix show or end or movie, what Netflix show or movie would you be in one? Oh, okay. Now that's a different question. I gotta think. Um Well, I'll go. I'll go first because I um I already know I will be on Sex Education. Um, I will be on that show. That show was the key key. Um, and I don't know. I I just feel like I will be able to add to the show. I don't feel I don't feel like they've had any trans person on there. So um, you know, we could definitely have a conversation about trans sex and you know, give me a storyline with a um with a fine um British piece, honey. Preferably that little black boy that um has mental health borders as a swimmer. He's fine as shit. Um, and you know, show show us, you know, as we're educating ourselves about sex. Um, I just really like that show. And like I like I told y'all before, if I wasn't a lawyer. Um, or a podcaster, I would definitely be a sex therapist. Uh, I, I, I see value in helping people um, work through their sexual issues, uh, sexual insecurities or sexual traumas to, um, you know, assert their own autonomy and find pleasure and value in themselves. And I just think that this show is funny as fuck. It's um, lighthearted. And um, I just feel like I would be able to add to the show and add to the guests. So we're, and I can't wait for the new season of Sex Education that's coming out. Okay. Is it my turn? Uh-huh. Okay. So I would be, there was this movie, I can't remember the name of the show. I think it's like Girl, 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 Girl. I don't know what it is. It's a comedian, um, um, Hannibal Burris is in it. And it's got these two Jewish women that like go through all kinds of hijinks in New York. 
I forget the name of it. It's on Netflix? It's on Netflix. I forget the name of it. It's a TV show. Um, I forget the name of it, but my husband and I watch it. It's a really, really good show. Um, I would do that. And it's La Veneno on Netflix. La Veneno. Did you ever watch no, that? No, that's on HBO Max. Damn, none of the things, uh, maybe just, I hope this other one's on Netflix too. I don't know, sis. Um, okay, I'll be on, you, okay. The Orange is the New Black Bitch. Oh, ma'am. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, a show that I say, like if I was single, I would have tried Love is Blind. Oh, okay. Why, why Love is Blind? Oh, the circle is the circle on Netflix too. Yeah, the circle is okay. Okay, 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 okay. So I would do Love Is Blind because I feel like as the tra- I would I would definitely be the trans girl, but I feel like on Love Is Blind, like I would be the girl. Like I, what I cannot stand is being in a room with people and nobody saying the obvious. So like they're the kind of group of people that get together and then it's like. So like in that Love is Blind, the like anniversary episode, have you seen that? No, I, I've never seen Love is Blind. Girl, it'd be hard for me to get into like them, de- like I try, there's one on HBO Max called F-Boy Island. Like, I don't know, for, for, for some reason, that shit don't be, and I, I see how it's entertaining, but it, it can't break get my attention. I don't know Love why. is blind. Love is blind. Sis, I don't like none of them shows. I don't do reality TV. Love is Blind is dope. They got just the right amount of crazy. They got like really, really strong couples. It's a black woman on there and she is in, and she ends up partnering with this white guy and I don't give a damn how you feel about black love. The way he looks at her, the way they engage. Oh, it's just everything to me. And then um, there's like, they have good villains. They have this white girl that just feels like she's just full of privilege and she gets shot down so hard. Shout out to you, Jessica. You are a evil villain. <laughs> and I don't live for her love. She's not a great person. But it just that show really just hit me and my and it hit me I, to the point where I watched the breakdown videos about it. Like I am in Love is Blind and I just feel like I would be the girl on there. I've already kind of, I probably would end up, Lauren would hate me. That's the girl that's with the guy. She would hate me because I would have PT was the catch early. And then we would have been the two black girls battling for this white boy's love. Because <laughs> he was everything. <laughs> He's everything. But <laughs> I would be on that show just because I would want to be in the room with all the hijinks. And I would want to be the girl to really like call it out. Like, you are a fucking liar, girl. You trying to break them up. Like, no, you are not who you say you are, bitch. Don't trust her. Like, I would be that girl. Okay. So, um, and then the other one I said was um, the circle. I am infinitely fascinated about social engineering and how people will present an image online to try to engineer the people around them to think of them a certain way, like perception management. Um, and I, not that I think that I will win. But I feel like once again, I will be the girl very early that could peak the liars and the who the actual um, catfish are because they have catfish in that game. I will be able to peak the catfish, and I am great at alliances. 
So girl, I would, we would, I, I just feel like I would just become the boss and I would be like, like managing. Cause I'm not going to be fake. I would actually go on as a trans person. Cause you have the opportunity to go on as yourself or go on as a catfish. And uh-huh. I will go on as a trans person. I will go on as Samaya, my real personality. So then they could really get the impact of how it's going to hit. Now, there's a part of me that says, if I did not go as myself, I will go as a nigga. <laughs> Just because, and this is not a slight, there's low bars of expectation socially for niggas. And if I was just on it to win, I would be a nigga. Just because it would just be easier. Because, like, the last girl that won last, um, the circle here in the, the circle US, she was a black girl that was posing as her baby daddy. Mm. And well, her husband slash baby daddy. And she won playing a whole man because she just, she knew just enough. And I feel like I'm a girl. I have enough guy friends. I know just enough about niggas to be able to get by. And I have the emotional sensitivity of, cause I'm a woman to be able to like not put my foot in my mouth. So I would do, I would go with the niggas. So yeah, those are the shows. What are, yeah, you said yours. Yeah, I said mine. Um, who was your famous childhood crush? Hilarious. Terrence Howard. I thought he was, I thought he was everything. But I was very, as a child, I had a few crushes. So I Terrence Howard was a crush. Um, who else was a crush? Ooh. From the five heartbeats. Um Leon. I just like Leon. Because mm-hmm. he had me, girl. I just he gave me energy. And like, <laughs> I lived for him. I'm sorry. I know that's crazy. Those these movies again came out when I was in high school. So I was already interested in boys by then. Um, who else? Childhood crush. Childhood crush. I think I said um, um, the guy from Wait, Kenny from Kenneth from um, Waiting to Excel. Um, childhood crush. Childhood crush. Denzel Washington, but I feel like that's really basic. Right. Um, Everybody's going to say Denzel Washington. Washington. But he was that nigga back in the day, though. Like, when he did Malcolm X, oof. I was like, yes, baby. Um, Who else? I think that's it. I want to say there's some more, but those are the ones that really, like, stood out as, like, be glued to the TV. Yeah. What about you? Um, I would have to say Sammy was one of my childhood crushes. I remember being a kid, begging my mom to get his first. Yeah, the singer. Aww. Begging my mom to get his CD when it came out. How she didn't know my tea, I don't know, girl. Because I was, bitch, I was obsessed with Sammy. Um, he was cute then. And to see how he's grown up into this fine, um, this fine man, bitch. He was, girl, he is so fine, bitch. Like, I, bitch, I would get crazy with him, bitch. Like, I would, bitch, you talk about munching dick in the parking lot, bitch, the girl, that's, that's me for saying, Sammy is, he's fine, bitch, but he was just so cute as a child, I had a crush on him, um, it used to be this R&B group called Imagine, 
and um, the lead singer, um, who was like the younger brother of Donald Faison, who played um, um, Loretta's divine son in um, Waiting to Excel. He's he an is adult a young, fantasy. I fell in love with him on that medical show. Yeah, but no, he is a younger brother who was in an R&B group. His name was Omaldi, and he was like the lead singer, and he was just so fine. Um, his But he went on to start on Sesame Street for like a number of years. Like he was one of the people singing on Sesame Street. But I just like, I like the aesthetic of boys because he was one of the boys that had like, like the top of his ear pierced, like how all of them boys used to have. And they would just have these big earrings, but wasn't the nineties a very film time for Master? Right. Yeah, he was just so like he could sing and he could he was just so cute to me um as a child. And I just I had crushes when I remember I don't know if I had a childhood crush, but I was infatuated with the um the Case and Joe song Faded Pictures, especially the video. Cause I used to all and I had a crush on Case because in the video in that song, um, I would pers- like it was it was like a scene where like he was laid out on the beach with the um kind. And I used to pretend and bitch, I used to live for watching Midnight Love on BET. BET used to be so good to me as a kid. It's all of the mu- the the music video channels used to be good because they used to play music and the music was so good. But in that particular when that song came on, not only was the song good, but I used to like envision like that I was the girl in the video laying on him in the beach and like rubbing, he had like a ball head in the video. And I like, I like Midnight Love when them videos used to come on, I used to always like envision that I was the cunt in the video, like, you know, going through the motions with my man. And Case was just like, Case was up my alley. Like he, he just gave daddy energy. He was just fine to me. So I got a couple more. DMX was oh, yeah, as a child. Oh, DMX! And the How was going down video when the girl was sitting on his lap in the kitchen. I, I too thought I was the girl in the video with the pigtail sitting. And I remember I did that when I finally became a girl. One of the pieces I talked about in the hotels video. Make sure y'all go to Patreon and watch that. It was it was the time I remember a very sensitive time. But I felt I I had like an afro because I was I took my tracks out and I had an afro up. But I remember I sat on his lap and we was having a conversation and I and I flashed back to that video like bitch I'm really I'm really the girls right now like living out my fantasy. Go ahead, sis. I'm sorry. Belly to- was the one that did it for me with DMX. It was Belly. Belly and it came out in '98. I think I was I, I was I, I graduated or once. So I want to say that was like maybe sophomore, you know, whatever in there. Belly used to hit me in the best place, and that's what made me fall in love with DMX because he was the way that and that pretty, pretty, pretty chocolate woman that was in that movie, and how he was how he did her sexually in that scene. I was just like, yes. Okay, so a Morris Chestnut. More chestnut has the kind of nipples I like. I don't know, it's, it's a weird thing, but like he had his shirt off in one of those like um, like the Wood-esque type movies. It wasn't that movie, but it was some movie where he was with the fellas. Oh, it might be, was The he, Brothers. Was that it? Was he in that? With Shamar Moore and all of them. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And Bill Bellamy. Uh-huh. Oh, Bill Bellamy was another from my childhood. And to this day, that I find, I think his lips are everything. Um, um, who else? I said to James Howard, be more chestnut. Somebody that wasn't like super famous, but that like 
used to do it for me that no longer does it for me. Um, who was it? It was a problematic person. That's why I was like, oh, Malik Yoba. Bitch, even in the 90s, girl, his lips was always ashy to me. No shade. Listen, he used to send me. And he's still mm. a I mean, like, I physically, he's still very attractive. I, the personality, I can't vouch for it right now. But physically, I find him very attractive. And But as a child, yeah, he was one of those, like, because, you know, also, you know, in the 90s, it was like black and bald head was the move. It well, was. Yeah, so black and bald head was the move for a while. So he was he fell kind of kind of in there for me. And then um Ving Rames also, and that's really weird, but Ving Rames just <laughs> <laughs> Oh and and um Astronomer. Oh, what's his name? I still find him everything that I I, I just I know what Lawrence they, Whitaker? No, 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 no. Um he's got What's his name? He's the astronomer, the guy that's always on. He's on, he got the shows on Netflix. He's that famous astronomer. Um, oh, that Neil something. Neil DeGrasse Tyson. Yeah, Neil something. He is my. He is my. Forever, my. I had you know. I clearly, I obviously had some 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 grown man issues. But yes, bitch. I still to this day think his find him incredibly attractive even with the salt and pepper. Now, if I if there was an older gentleman that I would run across that looked like him, that's the kind that could snatch me, girl. Like, I like a little, I like a dad bod. I like the intelligence. I like the sense of humor. I like the, the. I just, yeah, Neil deGrasse Tyson still to this day does it for me. Like, out of everybody that I named, he still, he's somebody that could still get into that. Yeah. Um... What's the one song that she'll always remember the words to? Oh, oh God, there's so many. See, I'm bad at these games. Because as soon as you ask me, I draw a blank. And knowing the full well, um, anything Whitney Houston, I will always know the words to. Anything Mariah Carey. Um, a song that I know the words to that I don't, that I didn't necessarily want to know the words to is Gladys Knight's Through the Night. My mama played that so much that I, I know all the words of that private dancer by Tina Turner. I know all the words of that. Um, it's so many songs, child. I, that's that's a hard one for me. Cause I, I am a girl that if I like the song, I'm gonna know the words. Destiny's Child songs, I know them back and forth, forwards and backwards. Yeah. So what about you? Um, well, I remember I was playing the music game on We Go Live like early in the pandemic. And I think the one song, so the basically the game, it was like a game where, um, shout out to Courtney Balenciaga Juicy, she would play a song and you would either have to guess the artist or guess the title of the song. And if you made it to the last, um, le- the last round, the last people, people that made it to the last round, um, she would play the song, she would play like the first part of the song and you would have to finish the rest. And I think the one of the songs I used to win a lot when that game, but one of the songs that I remember um, the winning on, I think is always "Be My Baby" by Mariah Carey. Like that's just, that's just a song that I'm just 
I'm just, it makes me feel good. And I'm always going to know the words to that song. Um, I will also say, Whitney, I will always love you. Um, that, that, like, that's just one of the songs that when it, when it comes to my head, like, I'll always remember um, that song. So that, that'll be, um, that'll be the two songs for me. That song me that Faith Evans sings that always comes on in the club that, um, doom, doom, doom. doom. Oh, never knew a love like this before. Never I never knew mm-hmm. there was a yeah. That's I know all the words of that song, and I'm going to be full throated, open mouth singing. Right so, around me when that come on, back the fuck up, bitch. I'm going to hit all the notes and the riffs. I'm going to go in. That's my song. No, I yeah, I yeah, I also say that song. Yeah, a lot of Faith Evans songs too. Her her songs are easy to sing. Um, lyrically um let me see let me do let me do a good one all the men come in these places and the men are all the same <laughs> girl <laughs> I ain't had no business on the words that long. Oh, this is a good one. If you could, well, you already kind of answered this, but if you could be on a reality TV show, which one would you choose and why? Now, here right now as an adult, see, Love is Blind, I would say I would do if I was single. The Circle, I would do that, but that's not really what I would consider reality, reality TV per se, per se. That's like a new subgenre, like the situational kind of thing. I would do... <clears throat> Love and hip hop, not love and hip hop, girl. What am I saying? No, I'm like, do you want a drink thrown in your face? <laughs> no, not love and hip hop. What am I saying? I meant the housewives. I would be a housewife, but I wouldn't do it in Atlanta with the current cast. They, that, that's not my ministry. But I will. I've always said if they ever rebooted Housewives and did something or something like a, that was a little more for real attainable. I would do good in an ensemble cast of women. I have a strong personality and I'm a girl that'll like have quotables. So yeah, I think I would be on one of those shows because I just would live for getting judged up and going to the restaurant and being like, so what did happen at the barbecue? Because see, now I'm curious. You've been talking, <laughs> the rumor on the streets is, you know, the people will like me because I'd be the girl keeping up mess, but then, and then like, <laughs> I know how, I feel like I would know how to play that game on that show. Yeah. Um, I too would choose um, Real Housewives of Atlanta, um, but for different reasons. Um, I feel like Real Housewives, well, Real Housewives franchise, but I would probably want to be on Atlanta more than Potomac. No, you know what? I would want to be on Potomac just so I could go at um, Giselle because I don't see her. Um, I feel like Real Housewives has the best confessionals um, out of all of them. Um, They just look they dress to the nines. They just, and I'm a girl. I, I I like looking good. I like making a bitch know it. I like expressing myself through my looks. And also, I live for their reunions. I live for like just the aesthetic of it, the setup. And I just feel like in loving hip hop, one is just chaotic. But I don't like. I like how like there's a reunion. Like it's a dress code. It's a theme, and everybody falls in line. Like I kind of like. And you can still be expressive, but fall in line. And I. I've always felt with love and hip hop. It's just like chaos, like visually. Chaos and the clothes be tacky. Yeah, when right. I said love and hip hop earlier, that was an accident, y'all. I am not a love and hip hop girl like that. 
the housewives, I want to get a gown made and sit there and have my train carrying in front of me while we talk sternly, girl, but we're not going to fight because we're all too well-dressed for that. You know, <laughs> I live for that. I live for that. What do you think about Ebony K. Williams on the New York Housewives? Do you think she's doing a good job? I really haven't been, I only watched the first episode. I, you, I'm going to be honest, I really don't watch um, episodes of Housewives anymore because it just kind of ran its course for me. I do try to um, plug into the reunions, you know, if it's an interesting season. But um, I really haven't been able to see them, but I'm and familiar I will not with watch them. none of the seasons, but I will show up for the reunion and I watch the breakdown shows. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I don't really watch the show. I watch the breakdown shows, and then if there's an interesting thing from the breakdown shows, then I catch a clip. Um, but um, I like Ebony K. Williams. I listen to her podcast. Well, I used to listen to her podcast. I had to stop not because it's bad, but sometimes because it's like a legal based podcast, it reminds me of work. And you, when I listen to podcasts, I kind of want to like not think about work and her is very it's a, it's a key but it's just very like legalese and le- lawyer based and i need a break but um i like her she's very beautiful like she gets it um she's an aka and you know you know work you know work for i'm pretty sure she's letting them old ass white women have it on that show but um no i haven't been keeping up with the show I live for a shout out to Ebony K. Williams. That's why I asked. I think she's dope. I love her ministries. I do like her podcast from the episodes that I've listened to. However, um, I think she's bringing it on the on the on the New York cast. I think she busted it up as the black girl, and I feel like they can't take her. And I live so, yeah. But I don't watch the show. I have never watched an episode completely through. But I follow along, like I said, through the review shows, and I'm there for the reunion. So shout out to MBK Williams. I'm glad you're an addition to the show. And yes, I would do the Housewives. I think we both would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm, we're going to do a couple of more questions because I feel like we've been here for a minute. Um, what, oh, what country would you travel to if you could go anywhere? Um, I'll take this first, and this is just because I was listening to the Beat Scott podcast, and now I'm really interested to travel to this country. I'm going to go to Greece, uh, specifically Mykonos, Greece. Um, um, I've never been to Greece before. I think I would really like the vibe. I would like the food. I would like the um, people. Um, and I've never, I, I'm just curious about going to the Mediterranean and just learning about their culture. And um, I didn't say any other places. Um, I'm planning to go to Africa at some point. Um, that's on my bucket list. Definitely planning to go to the Caribbean next year and um, Panama, which is technically in the Caribbean. So I didn't fit any places that I know for sure I'm going to next year. The Greece thing just kind of hit my radar because I've been seeing um, folks take trips to Greece. And I, I want to go there and just see what the vibe is and um, just visit. Um, what about you, sis? I have, so my top place that I want to go to is India. Um, it's a subcontinent that I have admired since I was a young child. Um, I had an obsession, weirdly, in elementary school with the Taj Mahal. I always said, I'm going to live there one day. And my mom had this plan to me that it was a mausoleum. <laughs> and, then, and then even then, 
I was like, okay, so I'll build that again as a house. So like my dream design of the house is that that those dome spired rooftops with the columns and the stately front with the with the with the infinity pool. Like that's very my zhuzh. I love Indian architecture. I had an Indian themed wedding. Um, I am very fascinated with the diversity in their culture and the diversity in their religions. I was a girl that lived for Eat, Pray, Love. Just even though I hated the white woman going to find herself and just exploiting the culture, I just the idea that she gave that like on the street view of India kind of is in, in the in the, some of the stuff that she did. I live for. I just live for the culture and the people. So that's my number one. Two would be Bali, only because my husband is like obsessed with Bali. And I, I just want to see the joy in his face to go there and to see the temples and those, and those beautiful, we want to do, they do what, they do these um, hot air balloon rides over the temple, over the, oh, they have like a valley of temples and they're like these gold domed, beautiful temples that are in this beautiful scenic sunset. Um, we used to love the, sh- the, the silent movie, Samsara. And mm-hmm. In that movie, they featured Bali very heavily, and I, my husband fell in love. And so that's like some place that's on his bucket list. I just want to go to see the happiness on his face. And then, last but not least, Nigeria, particularly Nigeria, because I just know, because in my entire adult life, people from Nigeria find me beautiful. <laughs> like in a special kind of way, like to the point where. I have women and men will stop me and tell me how beautiful I am. And I when when I when we inquire about ethnicities, they are they, they, Nigeria can appreciate me. So I just want to go and see if the hype is really what I've imagined it to be for how much because it I, I'm talking about like go out of their way to give the doll a compliment. So I um yeah. Nigeria, just for some reason, when I go to Africa, I really want to go to Angola and Kenya. Um, yeah, those are the two places I really want, but I I know I'm going to get to Africa one day, so that you know, that's not um, that's that's nothing, but um, yeah, I, I can't I can't wait to travel overseas, like, I'm ready. Um, second to last question if you were to write a book, what would it be about? Um, if I were to write a book, it would be, if I, if I could write a book, skill set aside, if I could write a book that would be something that I would want to read, it would be a fantasy book. Um, but it would be a, a fantasy book based on trans characters. Um, I, I just, it's a fascinating to me that in all, of, in a magical world, where there's all these changes and things happening, that there has not been a good, strong trans character in any of these fantasy movies. Like when you have the option to push the envelope and you can, you you making the fucking walls fold in and shit in some of these movies, or you showing these dramatic ass landscapes and you have the ability to do all this CGI and transformations, why they don't have a good trans character? So I would love to see that. But like personally, the book that I am going to write is going to be a book for trans women in particular on how to free yourself from society's expectations. Like if I were a young girl 
and I would see a book on the shelf specifically targeted to my group that had like stories and like informative life background stories and like um, just somebody telling their truth about love and relationships and dating and um, dealing, navigating as a young woman. I thought, I think that book would have saved my life in a lot of ways. It would have at least kept me from a lot of bullshit. So I would, I'm going to write that book. What about you, sis? Um, well, I do have two book ideas that I'm working on. Um, one is a memoir about my life. Um, I've been, my plan was to start writing one of these books this summer, but work has just gotten so crazy this summer that I wasn't able to take the extra time to like focus to write it like I plan to in July. But, um, I'm confident, you know, I'm confident that I'll be in a situation where I could at least take a a month to two months sabbatical to just focus on writing. But I do want to write a memoir about my life. Um, I don't feel like my life is like extraordinary, but I feel, do feel like I have a unique view and unique perspective on, on life. And I do feel like folks can learn from things that I've been through in life. Um, and two, I want to write a novel. I want to write something that's like loosely inspired by the Darlingtons um though it won't be the it'll be something else but I want to um I want to write a story about like a period piece um about um black trans women and like the overall theme of the story is that you know through all of the bullshit like you know we are sisters and you know all we have is each other um, to rely on so I I, I definitely want to do something that's inspired by like <coughs> the stories of the Darlingtons and really um, develop some strong um, characters from like the early 2000s, um, late 90s. And, um, you know, really, really tell some like real stories um, about sisterhood and about overcoming and about just, um, you know, being out there um, in a time period. And, um, and to really talk about relationships with men in a different, like, more than just the salaciousness that like that subtext of what's going on with the and I feel like I've been in enough relationships and I've dealt with enough men where I know the the real reason behind why they do what they do but those that I could really um flush a lot of the characters out so I'm just praying that um the universe will create space for me where I can have a sabbatical where I can really um put pen to paper and just write things out um you know, I I'm, I'm I believe that I could get the um, things published. Like I, you know, I have no um, doubt about that. It's just a, it's just about having the time to actually sit down and write it and just to flush my ideas out. So um, yeah, I I do plan, but in my lifetime, I do plan to become a published author. That's okay. definitely something that I want to knock off of um, my my bucket list. And even though so, early. I was going to say, earlier, I said, my, I don't know if I have the skill set. I think I do want to try in my life to do the the Black fantasy character, the, the trans woman with superpowers, or the, you know, like, or like a, a trans woman, like traveling the galaxy doing something, and like being able, and because of her transness, like she, you know, she has the ability to like, play with a duality and like her powers maybe like allow her to like transform and take on different aspects. I just think that's just dope 
to just have an unapologetically trans character in the book and then not just facing like and i want her to have like a regular life also like i want her to be realistic and attainable for people but i do want her to be have powers like and 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 to be able to gag people in the super in the supermarket or like trade talk you know like you 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 know take a bitch mouth completely off bitch i just send you (laughs) just close your mouth completely seal it up with skin bitch (laughs) yes ma'am uh um so i guess our last question before we get up out of here what aspect of how you were raised influenced your outlook on the world the most um i would say um and we talked about i think we talked about this a couple of episodes ago um my mom just always she always instilled in me to like a love of travel a love of seeing the world a love of not like shrinking myself to just always be open to opportunities that would um take me out of baltimore um and that's just something that's something that i've carried with me that i've nurtured with me um travel is a very big part of my life it's a very big part of my identity relocating and just living in different places and just getting getting to experience cultures for the good and the bad um i think it my view of the world it just um i don't it just shapes how i approach life how i approach situations um how i'm just optimistic for the future because it's such a big world out like you we think our problems are so important and they are in some they are in a lot of aspects but we live in a huge world with so many people and so many continents and so many different um countries and I'm just, you know, I, I'm very mindful that we live in the global community. I want to see as much of it as I can. I want to experience as much as, of it as I can. I want to connect with folks. Um, I think it, I think it's translated into how I've been able to build like trans community across the country. Uh, I know one of the things that people say about me is like, bitch, you know, everybody, you know, so many people like you are. So, and I think it's a testament to how my mom is still in me how to see the world and how to build connections and with her sending me to a different region of the country every every summer i just um you know the world is just so big i just want to be a part of it um in any way that i can and that's just one of the things that um that has left an impression on me and it's just a bit it's a very big part in um who i am today what about you sos um i will say um being an athlete, really, really, as a child, um, it allowed me to travel. So, like, I was traveling the country, going to different track meets. Being particularly an athlete, I feel like it gave me the skill set to be able to navigate conversations with men. I feel like to this very day, um, I am very privileged to have very strong male friendships because I learn I was able to even being a trans person my athletics gave me an ability to be able to discover how men think and relate to them though I never identified with that as a so it was always me listening feeling like an outsider and listening to how men talked about women and myself because I consider myself a woman or a young girl at the time 
I could just hear the boys and the way they talked about girls, the way they thought about girls. And it has given me like a sharper edge, I feel like, um, because there's a vulnerability that happens like on a team and in a locker room that is different than the bravado that gets put on in school. You know, in school, you know, where you, how you dress, how much money you have, all of those things don't matter. Um, you know, whether you're tall, whether or not you got the girls like you, whether or not you, you know, whatever you have, whatever, all those little things that you see separating kids in high school, that stuff matters. But when you're wearing the same uniform, it allows you to be a team. It, it, you, it takes all of that away because now I'm rooting for you just as much as you're rooting for me. And so that has informed myself as a leader. I feel like my background in, in, in team sports has allowed me to be able to collaborate well with people to understand that you gotta, like you don't get to control necessarily your who gets on your team. So then you have to make the best out of this teammates that you have and their little quirks and personalities. And particularly, you know, with men, there will be a lot of emotional vulnerability that I never would get to see outside of sports. Like seeing my teammates cry after a game, seeing them jump and be excited because I won, seeing them embrace each other and hug, you know, like a lot of that stuff, I would not have really been around if not for me being an athlete. So I think that was one important point. Um, another one is music. At a young age, my mother was very intent, intent on us all playing an instrument. And um, I played several before it was all said and done, but I ended up on the oboe. I played the trombone, I played the flute. Um, <clears throat> and I also sang, but music in general was a release for me as a child. And it allowed me to be able to appreciate music in a deeper level because most people are listening. They like the beat, they're listening for the, I can, I'm like, ooh, that bass line. Oh, I love what the what the marimba's doing. I can hear the instruments and I can appreciate them in a way that I don't think I would have had if I did not play music growing up. Um, you know, I like that, I like that drum, I like that drum beat, I like the the solo that they're doing. I like the fact that I like what they did with the timpani. Like I can go through the instruments and identify what they are because I played in a or in an orchestra and, and I was also a really good band. Um, band member, I was competitive. I did the region band, and you know, I was the girl that was going traveling the country with music. So, to that point, I think music and team sports. Yeah. Well, sis, I think we did an episode. That was fun. That was fun. And hopefully, from this episode, everyone, you guys will know a little bit about more about the Aeon, Aeon and the Lioness. Um, I feel like we were very vulnerable in this conversation. Um, I feel like it was even I learned some things about my co-host, and I think she learned some things about me today. And we talk all the time. So this just goes to show, sometimes you need a good icebreaker question to really kind of break the ice. And this has been our icebreaker episode. So it's kind of, it's just kind of cool, girl. I really enjoyed this. I really did. Um, to take us out, I would like to say thank you to 
all, all of our supporters on all of the platforms, SoundCloud, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Shout out to Instagram in particular. We appreciate the engagement from you guys. Shout out to those that participated in our book club this past summer. We have an op- You have an opportunity going forward to participate in our book club. Dates will be announced because we are doing a fall book club. Rihanna and I were having a business meeting earlier, um, earlier this week where we were talking about books that we wanted to include. So y'all stay tuned. That's going to be awesome. Um, also, I just want to thank each and every person under the sound of my voice for your continued support. Um, we kind of see this as a new season, kind of, um, because we, you know, we, we, we had that hiatus for the summer. So thank you if you're still around. I really appreciate you. We love and support you. This has been another episode of Box Number 512 Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talk, and I'm your co-host, The Lion And I am Aeon. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Box Number 512 Podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. And don't forget to become a patron on the Box Number 512 Patreon page, where we have all new exclusive content. And also, don't forget to follow us on our social media, on our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook pages. And also, become a subscriber on our YouTube page. Until next time, bye. Bye.